Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your host, Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and we have rounded the halfway pole on our way towards the playoffs. And of course, to get you there, I'm going to need to bring in my trusty sidekick, partner in crime here, Harley Schultz. Harley, how's it going? How is it that we are already at week number nine? It's because we're always, let's hurry up and get there, and then all of a sudden it's gone, and then we miss it and want it to come back again. I don't know. Time flies. We've got to figure out a way for there to be football all year round. Well... Um, no, sometimes, you know what, you need a little bit of space. You need a little bit of space so that you can still have an appreciation for it when it comes back. Um, my wife and I were talking the other day. We can't believe that this coming December is going to be three years that we've been in our house that we bought. I mean, that's, it's just crazy how fast time does fly. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up because, uh, recently my wife and I have talked about selling the house that we've been in for nearly a decade now. Wow. It's that time, I guess. Yeah, well, and for us, uh, it was more of a, we looked at how much we could get if we sold our house. Yeah. And then determined that's probably the right time. Right. Nope, I get you. Trust me. We've already, we've talked about it for, you know, when retirement comes, how's this going to work? This is where we're going to be. We'll probably be able to sell it, downsize, have a little bit to help us, you know, get through retirement before we have to be buried and all that kind of stuff. Not to be morbid, let's go to something newer than that, like puppies. Um, did one of our listeners send you a picture of his new puppies? Like he sent yes, me. Yes, and they are very, very adorable. Filthy Frankster, I believe, is his name on Twitter, right? Yes. And he has a pair of, I believe they're like beagle type pups. I'm not sure. What did it say? I've got a horrible memory. Do you remember? I, I don't remember, but I think they looked a little smaller than beagles. Okay, they're cute as hell. Whatever they, whatever they were. Um, so I, I know what he's in for, though, because I have one, and I'm still not sleeping through the night because of him. Um, last night I got two straight hours. He was up at, put in the bed at 1130. He was up at 130. Then he stayed till 330, but he was at 330, So my sleep time is deprived right now. Well, again, I, I mean, you, you get situations where people come upon different points in their life and different uh, things happen. And yep. both of us being, uh, parents of, uh, fur babies, uh, perhaps our life is easier than, some of our listeners out there that uh, may have uh, been awake easily at uh, 8 o'clock this uh, Sunday morning to watch uh, London football because their actual children woke them up much, much earlier than that. Yes. No, I was up, but I needed an alarm so I could remember to watch the game. And we know that I don't like Sunday morning games. I just don't, but I watched it because it was the Eagles. Um, that was a game that kind of felt like the Eagles-Minnesota game earlier this year where Jacksonville should have been nowhere near in that game, but yet they were and really had a chance to win it. Um, so I feel that the Eagles were fortunate to get out of there with a win. But Wentz is playing well, and I think that's a positive. Well, I definitely needed the alarm because uh, my wife and I were out uh, celebrating a slightly belated anniversary dinner and uh, several drinks uh, the night before. So oh, well, getting, getting up early on uh, Sunday morning of this week was not an easy task. Happy belated anniversary to you and the missus. Thank you. How many years? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, you better hope she doesn't listen. Come on now. 
I'm not oh, editing she's in this. She's the room with me. I'm, I bet she's laughing right now. I'm not uh, editing we're, this. We were married in 2010, so. 2010. Okay, so then you're um, eight years. Yes. You guys got married after us. We got married in 2005. See, I know my date. Watch. 645. Well, I, I remember our date is 10-23-10, and the interesting thing about it was uh, just can't do the we had actually we scheduled our event uh, a good year out at the location we were going to have it at, uh, and it turned out that we found out like the week of our event, uh, former President Barack Obama was holding a speech at a building a block away from where our church was. Uh-huh. <laughs> So you're saying that you invited him and he didn't come? Uh, my wife's mom invited him and he didn't come. So oh, okay. we, we were hoping for at least a card. Yeah. Why not? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of cards, I don't play. I don't understand it. But don't they give like red cards and yellow cards out in soccer? Yes. Uh, typically for egregious hits or egregious uh, fakes of fouls. So I'll tell you what. Because of that, I'm going to use this as our segue. There was an awful lot of egregious performances this weekend by some fantasy players. So I'm interested to see what you have cooked up for us in this week's BPN News. So I'm sending it over to Harley Schultz for this week's Blitzed Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. The city of Cleveland cleaned house as the NBA's Cavaliers fired Tyron Lue and the NFL's Browns fired both Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson. Upon hearing of this citywide carnage, Terry Francona has gone into hiding. (laughs) In related news, Greg Williams has been named as the Browns' interim head coach. We can neither confirm nor deny whether Williams has paid anybody yet the bounty that he had placed on Hugh Jackson's head. (laughs) In his first start since taking over for the departed Amari Cooper, Martavis Bryant failed to record a single target. So in other words, John Gruden was right. Martavis Bryant is interchangeable with Amari Cooper. (laughs) After throwing four interceptions, Jameis Winston was pulled in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick led the Buccaneers to a game-tying score with minimal time remaining. Unfortunately for the Bucs, the Bengals were left with just enough time to march down the field and kick a game-winning field goal. It wasn't until early this afternoon that Dirk Cutter came out and announced that Fitzpatrick would start this coming week. I wonder if Cutter was afraid he would be fired for starting a 35-year-old journeyman over the team's alleged franchise quarterback. Yeah, Dirk, chill out. Like, ownership is really going to fire you for starting the quarterback with the best chance to get you a victory? (laughs) And finally, a New York Jets tight end ranks fourth overall in receiving touchdowns over the last three weeks. Yes, folks, the apocalypse is upon us. This has been your BPN News Update. Man, that is so true, because how many years have we just joked about, do the Jets even know what the tight end position is, right? Exactly, and that, so this individual, I believe he has seven catches now but, over the last three weeks, and, and four, three of them have gone for touchdowns. I think, though, in all fairness, we have to say that the Jets have lost like 63 receivers in the past three weeks, too. 
That is correct. So, so uh, it did take something along apocalyptic-type results at the receiver position to get the tight end position involved. Well, I was going to say, things have gotten so low that they brought in uh, uh, Tennessee Titans cast-off Rashard Matthews. I know they, uh, they, they, they're they hurting everywhere, too, because they, they elevated uh, Trenton Cannon to the active status to replace Bilal Powell, who suffered what many are concerned might be a career-threatening injury a couple weeks ago, so... Uh, the Jets, uh, kind of a borderline questionable team across the board now on offense. But uh, a lot of interesting things happened this past week in football, including one I didn't touch on in the news, which is, of course, uh, one that's important to fantasy fans everywhere, as long as, along with people in Vegas, and that was Todd Gurley. Now, can we talk a little bit about him before we break into our main segment today? Sure. Why not? Let's do it. Um. I am a Todd Gurley owner, as are you. Yes. We both drafted him first overall. Yep. And uh, let's put it this way. I'm going to win this week, despite Todd Gurley taking the knee there. And I would like to say thank you to Todd Gurley for all of the production he has provided for me. And for all the people out on Twitter and on Facebook who are giving him hell over taking a knee there, it was the right play to do for his team's chances to win the game. And his team's chances to win the game are much more important to him than your fantasy team success. Yes, and I'll say this. I think we need to remember why we play the game. At least what I would gauge would be and guess to be 99.9% of us. We play because we love the game of football, right? So we, exactly. can't, we can't get short-sighted when a player makes what is considered a high IQ, heady football play, Right. So for all the people that are saying that Todd Gurley cost them games, Todd Gurley won some people some games because he didn't score. Todd Gurley helped his team win, right? Exactly. Listen, at the end of the day, the betters also have a a beef because of this because everybody likes to talk about offense. But there were people that had the Packers covering. So you don't think that they were happy that, that Gurley took a knee? What it comes down to is one play does not define a game. But in that true instance of that game, it was absolutely the right call. It's like the difference between, uh, okay, I just thought of this. Um, Marion Barber, when he was with, I believe, was he with Chicago or was it against Chicago with Dallas? End of the game, they're trying to ice the game and he goes out of bounds. Do you remember that? I do remember that, yes. And he should have gone down inbounds and had he gone down inbounds, more than likely, I think he was still with Dallas at this point, they would have been able to run the clock out Instead, I think Chicago winds up getting the ball back, and then they scored in one, I believe. I, my memory's not too good, but I know that he took a lambasting for not knowing to not go out of bounds. Mm-hmm. What is different about this? Going into the end zone is the equivalent of going out of bounds at that point. Yeah, and I think that this is one of those things, too, where it's like it, it feels like an egregious pain to the people who may have lost their week because of this. It's short-sighted. But it's very short-sighted when you consider how many points yeah. this guy has given to you this year. I mean, literally on record pace. But for- you know what? I wouldn't care if his name was Trent Taylor and it was going to be his first touchdown of the year and you put him in as as a as a need at a flex spot and that's all he was going to score you was those seven points, six points plus the yardage, 7.7 7 points. Mm-hmm. I would still tell you I don't care it was the right play. It was the right play, and it it shows a lot about his brains. Yeah, I think. I mean, he understands the situation. He knows oh. 
what type of quarterback Aaron Rodgers is and what Rodgers can do even with minimal time left on the sure. clock. I mean, because that, that, listen, the extra point's not a gimme. It never, it, this year especially, we, we should know that, right? No kicker is yes. a gimme this year. And you've got a kicker that's coming, that's kicking, that's come off of. This is his first game back from an right, injury. Right, from yes. an injury. So do you think you really, like, it's just, it doesn't make sense. Why do that? Why give that? You, nobody gives that up to give somebody else a chance to win because crazy things happen. Now, I want to give the Rams a lot of props and say, and that's great that Gurley knew and that the Rams coached him up, but I'm going to give Gurley more credit than the Rams. And I'm going to tell you why. Because let's, let's go back and look at Cleveland-Pittsburgh um, for a minute. On the safety, the Steelers didn't know the damn rules, right? Exactly. <laughs> so that's a coaching staff fail right there. Um, with Ty Montgomery taking the ball out of the end zone, reports are that he was told to take a knee. That's that was bad. one of the stupidest plays I've seen all year. That, that's probably even worse than if Gurley would have gone into the end zone, honestly. Yes. Because you're taking a play away that's got – you're not going to be even guaranteed the 25 yards. The chance that you're going to get more than that and then versus the time that you're taking off the clock just isn't worth it. Now, where I'm going to give the Rams a little bit of flack, I don't know if you noticed it, but when they kicked the go-ahead field goal, they snapped the ball with six seconds left on the time clock, on the clock, on the game clock. Mm-hmm. Yes. When the kick went through the pipes and the clock stopped, it was two oh five. Had they snapped the ball with one second to go on the clock, the time clock, they would have been at the two minute warning. Yes. Possibly one fifty nine. Doesn't matter. But at that point, you're not giving Green Bay a free play when you kick off. Yes. You're allowing them to take the ball out of the end zone, possibly, without it costing them. But you're still not giving them a free play, which you expect them to take a knee. So from that standpoint, I think that was a coaching faux pas on the Rams' part. So I'm not going to give them complete credit for being a smart team yesterday. Um, but Gurley, Gurley bailed them out, that's for sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's one of those things that people are going to talk about for the next couple of weeks, and then yeah. everyone's going to forget about it until the next time someone with a high football IQ does the same thing. You know, and I see, and it's always about perspective, right? We talked a couple of weeks ago about perspective. Um, maybe it was you that tweeted it. Somebody said, Todd Gurley probably just cost somebody a million dollars in a in the Millie Maker, right? Yep. He also might have won somebody a million dollars by not going in. Somebody else benefited from that. There's always a yin yeah. to the yang, right? Exactly. And I, in fact, I think I read somewhere that someone slipped uh, slipped up to second because of third it. because he didn't go in. There was also a better on a large site that had a $25,000 five-team parlay or something like that. Yep. And by Gurley not going in, he had the Packers to cover. The Packers covered. He won the five-team parlay and won like 550-some thousand. Exactly. But I think what we have to realize is that this was not, uh, this was not something done on purpose. No. This was not uh, something where uh, Gurley is getting some sort of payback from someone or getting some sort of payoff from someone for not going in. No, it's not this quite was sure. This was a smart play by a very astute football player who knows the situation. And, again, we, you mentioned it. Not every player in the league has that mental acumen, and, and particularly not in, in the guts of the last minute of a game. I mean, yeah, and where your your mind is racing 250 miles an hour going downfield. 
And you know what else? Have that yeah, because that because that is, you're right. That your instinct is get to the end zone, right? Exactly. So if you want to blame someone, blame the defense because they probably could have hit him into the end zone. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I look back to last year with the the Minneapolis miracle and Stephon Diggs when uh, the ball was thrown up to him and he came down with it and everyone, myself included, our Saying, instant get out of reaction is get out of bounds now. He had the wherewithal to look forward and see there was no one in front of him and to take it and become the first player in history to end a NFC playoff game with a touchdown. Right. So, anyway, um, it was definitely an interesting day. Um, I think the girl got too much flack. The fact that, you know, he could have cost himself the touchdown record possibly just shows he's team first. And it is. It's about team first. Um, because 8-0 means a heck of a lot more than 7-1 and if you're trying to win and get home field advantage. Mm-hmm. So, Well, talking about winning, though, I mean, uh, it's one of the things we decided to talk about this week on the yes. uh, Blitz podcast here is how you're going to win your fantasy league come playoff time. How is that? Well, right now, a lot of teams uh, this week, maybe next week, are probably one of the last weeks that you can make trades or make acquisitions. So what Steve and I have done is we have ranked uh, what we believe to be the worst 10 teams against each position and looked at the teams that get to face them over weeks 14, 15, and 16. Now, I didn't include week 17 because nope, your I didn't class shouldn't be in week 17. So if your league still has that, talk to your league. Get that change. It's, it's a stupid thing to do. But over weeks 14, 15, and 16, we'll be able to tell you which teams – have favorable matchups during that period. Yep. Now, what's important about that is that, I mean, I can tell you right now that y- you want Tom Brady in the playoffs, but at the same time, you're not going to get someone to trade you Tom Brady for the playoffs. Exactly. But you might find is that you want a, another quarterback that you might be able to use, and I can tell you that there's a couple of quarterbacks who may very well be on free agent wire right now that you can play. Now, this is going to be shocking to everyone, I'm sure. I did not look at the quarterback position at all, so you have to listen to what Harley has to say because you know that I don't like quarterbacks. Exactly, and you're screaming quarterbacks anyway. So. Exactly. But I will add to this since you said Tom Brady, and that doesn't, to me it doesn't tell the story good enough. No one's going to trade you Todd Gurley right now, and Todd has one of the better matchups down the stretch. Exactly. Okay, so go ahead. I'll let you start off with quarterbacks. I'll chime in possibly. Okay, so at quarterbacks... I ranked the 10 worst teams uh, going into this week. Uh, Tampa Bay, the New Orleans Saints, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Kansas City, New England, San Francisco, the Jets, and Chicago. Now, of those teams, only one team faces one of those teams every week of the playoffs, and that is Green Bay. Now, unfortunately, you're probably not going to get someone in your league to trade you Aaron Rodgers. But there are eight teams that face two of those defenses over that period of time. That being the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints. Again, both Newton and Breeze probably won't be available for you in trade. But now we're getting in some of the the players that might be available. Uh, The Oakland Raiders, Derek Carr has a very favorable. He has two soft teams that he faces in those final two weeks of the playoffs. The Los Angeles Chargers, Phillip Rivers, 
may or may not be available after this week where he's got a tough matchup this week. Some team might be looking to sell Phillip Rivers. He might be worth going to get. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, has a very favorable uh, two-game stretch there. And Seattle probably has the softest second-half schedule of the entire league. They've got two very good matchups in that stretch as well. Okay. I can be on board with Pitt with buying Carr. Uh, Carr uh, possibly said buying a, a team that could really be a snap. I, I don't think you're going to trust them in your fantasy playoffs, but Buffalo has two very soft matchups in that stretch. So yeah, you're right. I'm not. If you're really that. in a pitch, Josh Allen? No, I don't think so. I'm Unless not you're in two quarterback I, league. I'm not even <laughs> going. I'm not even going there. How's that? Two quarterback, maybe. That's the only possibility. No, I'm still not going there. Okay. Uh, how about running back? So okay, so running back, as I said. You know, we looked at it, and no team, at least, I looked at one type of stat. You looked at a similar stat. We checked in advance if we had the same teams. We we did, except for at the bottom, I had Tampa Bay in. You had Cleveland in, um, in the top ten. Nobody has a matchup with three good, strong matchups, but there are a handful of teams, two, four, six, eight, nine teams that have two games that are against the softer people to play running back against. Minnesota, exactly right. Minnesota, Oakland, Cleveland, Detroit, Baltimore, San, San Diego, listen to me, the Chargers, um, Seattle, Arizona, and New England. Let's work in reverse. No one's going to trade you James White more than likely, right? No. But if Sonny Michel is still out there and you can put him on your bench and, and sustain him while he's recovering from this injury, which seems like he's going to be okay with, that's not a bad stash or a bad trade, possibly. Um, Arizona. David Johnson. I said I wasn't buying all year long, right? Guess what? I'll buy David Johnson now because of the offensive coordinator change with Byron Leftwich. We see what happened. 100 total yards this weekend, four receptions. I think it'll only get better going forward. So David Johnson might be somebody that you could buy. But the fact that he had a good game last week and the news, it's probably going to push his price to where maybe his owner won't want to move him. Seattle, I don't know if you really can get anybody to sell you anybody in Seattle. You don't want to overpay for this, but would you possibly take a chance on the rookie, seeing if maybe he can find his way into the lineup by the time the playoffs run, run around? I, I think you have to consider two things there. Is that uh, the offense in general uh, has been a little shady all season with Seattle because of the offensive line. Yep. And when you get going in, again, Russell Wilson has always been decidedly better in the second half of the season. He has career splits, first half versus second half. Uh, he's almost a two-to-one better performer in the second half of the season. So what we're going to see is we're going to see an improvement from the Seattle offense, but I don't think we're going to see it at the hands of uh, Chris Carson or Rashad Penny. I think it's going to come entirely thanks to Russell Wilson. And, and fortunately for Russell Wilson, he's got both Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett on the field healthy together now, and they're developing David Moore, uh, who's looked very good, got three touchdowns in the last couple of weeks here. They've so, got some weapons to throw to. So here are two names that I don't think you can buy. That the owners just aren't going to sell them. Kerry Ron, Kerry Ron Johnson in Detroit, and of course Melvin Gordon for the Chargers. Now my question, I'll tell you who my favorite buys are. Okay, I think that you can possibly get Dalvin Cook from a from a Cook owner because they're probably frustrated, yes. and just find a way to finagle it and get it because if he gets back, he's not going to split with Latavius all that much. I think it'll be his gig once he's back and healthy. He may not come back healthy, but if he does, he's going to be a monster down the stretch. Um, and then, now, this guy I definitely think you can get. You're not going to get Nick Chubb, but I think Duke Johnson is ripe for the pick and having a new offensive coordinator, Greg Williams as yes. the as the head, interim head coach. 
Duke's free right now. Go get Duke. He's got plenty of upside because he's going to have to be more involved in that offense. If you can pick a guy you like in Oakland, do it. I can't, but that's, you know, if you think Doug Martin's If you're in a enough, PPR league, I, I go, think yeah, you Richard. have to go after Jalen Richard. Yep, absolutely. Uh, um, get, getting on average eight catches. I mean, we're, we're talking – a, a cheaper version of James White right now. Right. And then in Baltimore, Alex Collins would probably be hard to trade for, but you know Buck Allen probably wouldn't be. Um, but either one of those guys would be, definitely be worth trying to roster because of the matchups they have to end the, end the year. At this point, too, I mean, you, you mentioned on Johnson. I, I think that there's, there's still enough question marks there about that, about that running back offense that you might – be able to finagle getting him from an owner. So tr- make it make a play for for him yeah. if you can. I really like Kerryon Johnson's schedule down the stretch. Oh, I do too. I just don't think that you'll be able to prime away, but that's it's possible that you can. Um, what else do you have to add to that then? No, I think you summed up really well. Like I said, I Doug Martin, Jalen Richard for both uh, from Oakland. I think Richard's the better play because of his pass catching ability. Um, I, if you can get David Johnson at this point or Kerryon, definitely go get him. I, again, I think both of them are gonna be tough. And uh, a team that's kind of on the cusp, too. Again, I had Cleveland for my final team. Yep. That gave Denver two good matchups in the playoffs. Now, I think a lot of people are down on Royce Freeman right now because of how he's uh, he's hurt. Plus, uh, he had a couple of slow performances. Philip Lindsay was great. Uh, Lindsay's a small back. There's repeated hits over the next couple of weeks are going to take their toll on him, yep. which means that we might see a fresh Royce Freeman healthier come week 10. Might be a good value down the stretch. That is very possible. I will sum it up and say that Based on possible acquisition price, I'd put Duke Johnson as my first. Duke person. Johnson is a great pickup at this point if you can get him. And then I'd prioritize it to Dalvin Cook because I think they're the two that you have the best odds at actually getting. Um, exactly. But there's nothing wrong for going with those other guys. Okay. How about wide receiver? So, wide receiver, there were two teams that came in with three plush mas- matchups Green Bay. And Carolina. And of those two, one of those teams has a player that I think will, just because of his performance this weekend, um, is going to make it harder to get him. But let me see. Who's he playing this coming week? Let me see something here real quick. Hold on one second for me. Let me check, check this out. Oh, it's, he's not going to help his value this week, and he's, he's going to hurt the value from you from a buying standpoint. He's hosting Tampa Bay. Yes, DJ Moore. <laughs> And the nice thing about DJ Moore is he's actually a free agent on a lot of waiver wires right now. So yeah. you can pick him up in tomorrow's free agency, but you're going to have to bid a healthy sum for the individual because, uh, I mean, coming into the season, uh, the team likened him to a young Steve Smith. And we got to see a little bit of that on display this past weekend. For really, he, he's kind of built up his touches over the last few weeks, getting four and five targets the two weeks prior. Uh, finally put it all together, was on the field for the majority of the snaps. Uh, yep. And, again, with facing Tampa Bay next week, he's going to absolutely blow up, making him a guy that you want to get as a free agent if he's still out there. But, again, if he's on someone's roster, he's going to be very hard to trade for after last week. Yeah, if anything, if if, he, if he's not available and you can't get him, you better hope that he has a crappy game against a, a Tampa Bay team that should be a breeze and then make the move for him. Um, because weeks one through three, he barely had a little over 4% of the target share weeks five through seven, almost 13%. Now week eight hit over 20%. Granted, that's a small sample size, but the, the arrow is pointing in the right direction. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, and Funchess doesn't, 
doesn't do much for me, honestly. Christian McCaffrey does. Olsen, you know, he's getting a little older. I think that, you know, they'll pick and choose. But Moore's got the electricity that you need to energize that offense. So he's somebody I'd prioritize at wide receiver. Yep. And uh, an interesting thing is, so one of the guys I really like from a DFS standpoint early in the season, Jarius Wright, who the Panthers signed from the Vikings, uh, he actually played on fewer snaps this past week than Curtis Samuel, who was kind of starting to take over that inside role a little bit. Yeah. So that's going – just not having Wright on the field I think will ultimately help more too. Yep, absolutely. So – and then there's a bunch of teams that have two good matchups. Detroit, Denver, Cincinnati, Oakland, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, Dallas, the Rams, Houston. So Baltimore? Um, I must have missed them, but yes, Baltimore. Um, I, I think I had Baltimore because I had KC at the bottom of my list. Yes, you're probably right. And I didn't have KC because they just missed my cutoff. So that's possibly why. Um, of those, I, I'll tell you, there's two other people I'm going to prioritize. And we probably should have added this at the beginning. The trade deadline for the NFL is coming up. What, tomorrow I think it is? At what, 4 o'clock or something like that? Yes, exactly, tomorrow. And that could change a lot of what we're talking about. Because as an example, let's say that Tampa Bay is you know, one of the easier pass defenses. And they trade for Patrick Peterson. Guess what? That changes things. Um, yes. So there's some, and I do think we're going to see a couple of trades tomorrow before the end of tomorrow. So with that in mind, that's why I'm going to tell you I like two players. One because it's a net gain if this other player gets traded. The risk with this player by buying him now is that you don't know where he's going to go to. But I love Demarius, Demarius Thomas and Cortland Sutton. I'd be buying both if at all possible. Sutton, because he's got good matchups, and if Demarius goes away, he's, a, he's an immediate you know, plus because of that. And I do think somebody's going to wind up trading for Demarius, and that'll increase his value versus what you've gotten so far this year. Yeah, and I think some of the other teams you can look at, uh, a, a team like Oakland, who's kind of on the cusp there too, I think. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jordy Nelson really kind of uh, pooped the couch uh, yesterday, so... I'm sure you might be able to get him at a little bit of a buy a buy bargain rate, and I know we talked a little bit about Derek Carr. If Derek Carr is going to be improved, you only assume that uh, his top receiving wide receiver will also be improved. And that's Jordy Nelson. Um, team like Dallas, really, I mean, they got Cooper, so you don't really know what you're going to get with Dallas's receiving core. Uh, Denver, I think you're right. The Cortland Sutton fact, he's, he's going to be the starter there if and when they trade Demarius Thomas. Uh, Houston. Could be a sneaky uh, uh, getting there as, as a two-week positive situation, too, if they yeah. get in there. Uh, whoever the number two receiver ends up being, be it, be it Kiki Kute or be it uh, if they make a trade for someone like a Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. Jackson. Exactly. Um, I'll what, tell you, a, what a perfect fit there, by the way. Oh, and they need, they need it for that offense. They truly – I mean, if you look to splits for Watson with and without Fuller, it's dramatic. Um, I don't care how great Nuke is catching the ball – just Fuller adds that dimension to that offense. I'll tell you a guy that I'd also prioritize as a buy because of their second-half schedule, and he still hasn't done that much where I think people were kind of like leery of being able to use him in their lineups. I think Doug Baldwin has a heck of a second half this year. Yeah, again, we talked a little bit about it earlier. It's going to be Russell Wilson improved tremendously in the second half. That's just his trend over his history. Look, look, up, look it up, folks. Look up his split-season stats. Second half of the season – Nearly two for one better than his first half of the season career-wise. Uh, the Chargers could be another team that sneaks in there. And a guy that we haven't heard from much recently, Mike Williams, yeah. could start to see a little bit more action as the season goes on. I mean, certainly uh, you're not going to buy Tyrell Williams cheap right now after his performance the last two weeks. But 
now might be the time to get a couple shares of Mike Williams because he could be gotten pretty cheap. Uh, a guy who has played better the last two weeks, but who played bad for about three weeks in a row due to injury, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, the, the elder statesman in Arizona. Again, we talked about the new offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich. Uh, hopefully that means more positive performances. Fitzgerald has looked good the last two weeks. If you can still get him cheap, get him cheap now. And I'll tell you what else. I'd look at Detroit. And if you really believe that Golden Tate's going to get traded, then Kenny Galladay's a buy. If Tate stays, then Galladay's risky because there's not there's too many malice and not enough food to go around, honestly. Um, if you're a Marvin Jones owner, you know he's been a little bit hit or miss this year. Maybe you take advantage and sell him right now because of the big game he had. But if Tate goes away, I think that he and Galladay both see an uptick because of that. But right now, Galladay owners are probably a little more frustrated. He's probably a little easier to get. Um, so I'd be willing to take that risk. Yeah, three targets, three catches the last two weeks combined. Now is the time if you're going to strike. And that goes for dynasty leagues, too. If, yep. if anyone might be just growing a little concerned about Galladay and his market share there, Galladay is the stud. He's going to be the stud later in the season. He's going to be the stud next season and pro- for probably the next five or six seasons in Detroit. Yep, I agree. And if you can figure out who's going to be that second, third receiver in New Orleans, then maybe you can try to buy them. Um that's just a risk. There's just no telling. Okay, at tight end, I ranked uh, my 10 worst uh, teams being Tampa Bay, Carolina, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, the New England Patriots, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chicago Bears, the San Francisco 49ers, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Detroit Lions. So I was based on. I was, oh, sorry to interrupt you. I was lazy. I stopped at six. <laughs> Based on that, there are two teams that have three positive matchups against uh, opposing tight end defenses, that being the New Orleans Saints and the Seattle Seahawks. The New Orleans Saints, uh, Ben Watson coming off a complete goose egg last night. Yep. Uh, don't get me started on tight end goose eggs this week. I had a rough week. Uh, David Nyoku, <sighs> CJ Uzama, yep. and Ben Watson, three of the guys who I had predominantly featured in my DFS lineups this week. All three skunked the board. Uh, but Ben Watson might be a, a, a good buy right now based on the price. In Seattle, we saw a resurgence yesterday from Ed Dixon, who's who missed the start of the season and uh, who was kind of playing second fiddle. Dixon was a quality pass-catching tight end as most recently as about a year and a half ago with Carolina. So he could be an interesting pickup down the stretch. Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say there are six teams I have – they have two positive matchups. The uh, Los Angeles Chargers, uh, old man Gates is still out there. Uh, Oakland Raiders, uh, no one's going to trade you a Cook right now, unfortunately. Cleveland, someone might be able to trade you Nyoku yep. after the after the goose egg last night. But uh, Baltimore's got Hayden Hurst. He scored his first NFL touchdown this weekend. Uh, may have put himself back on the radar. Miami uh, really doesn't have a tight end. They have rookie Mike Gesicki. He hasn't done much of anything this year. And Buffalo, who we're watching tonight, uh, uh, Charles Clay has always been active in their offense. I think Derek Anderson helps Charles Clay, but uh, sooner or later we'll have Josh Allen back there and the entire Buffalo offense will be relegated to non-existence. Yeah, so the the move I make if I really need help at tight end is for, and I'm, I know that we're both saying Njoku's name differently because we're not sure how to pronounce it yet, but we'll have to figure that out. I think it's Njoku. You, you, you have a silent in there somewhere. But coming off that zero target, zero goose egg day, 
you could possibly find a frustrated enough fantasy owner that would trade him. And he's too talented in a with a team that's receiver deprived to not be getting consistent targets. I was going to say, so I'm looking at uh, Cleveland right now. Week 14, they face Carolina. Week 16, they face Cincinnati, two of the absolute worst against opposing tight ends this year. His Week 15 matchup isn't great, but uh, two out of three ain't half bad. Nope, not at all. Especially if the good one is in Week 16 when you're <clears throat> going for it all. Exactly. All right, anything else you want to add? No, I think this is a good segment for people and a good way for us to segue into our DFS. talking about daily fantasy. Like I said, again, I cost myself probably a fair amount of money this weekend because of tight ends. So yeah. hopefully uh, we didn't cost you too much last week with those recommendations, and hopefully this week's coming a little better. The thing is, it, just about everybody had to deal with all the same crap, so it almost made everybody have even footing for, for the most part. I was happy about my plays uh, of Jeff Hireman and uh, – Chris Herndon, though, those both came in nicely. There you go. So you got to look for the silver lining. I wish I would have had more. <laughs> I bet. So Gronkowski threw a quarter and a half in the first half, only has one catch for 11 yards. So unlike him in Buffalo. So maybe he'll still explode. I don't know. But to, to DFS, let's start with the quarterback position. Who are you paying up for this week? Oh, wait a, minute, wait, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We need an over under. Oh, man. Let's see. This week we've got one, two, uh, three, four. I'm going to say six. Wow. I'm going three. Oh, wow. You must, you must be uh, playing a little different strategy this week because I'll try. <laughs> no, I just know how you are, but I think, well, <coughs> we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Go ahead. Take us, take us off. I'm going to pay up for Cam Newton versus Tampa Bay. Well, there's one. I picked on Tampa Bay all season, and for good reason. Seven games, 20 passing touchdowns allowed. I'm going to gladly keep streaming quarterbacks against Tampa. Plus, you know what? I think now that Fitzpatrick is going to be the starter, it's going to be be a shootout there. Carolina's pass defense is not that great either. So they're going to both be throwing the ball. I already mentioned how bad their defense is against tight ends, and two of Tampa's biggest weapons are their tight ends, Cameron Brait and uh, O.J. Howard, both of who are going to have great games. Uh, start Cam Newton because Tampa Bay's defense against tight ends, with the exception of last week, has been pretty horrid too. So lots of points to be had here. Good price for him too. Nope, I don't disagree in even paying up for $6,600. I mean, that's just... I'm paying up for 8600 on FanDuel. That's true. That is true. I, I lean to DraftKings side when I look at pricing, but you're right. So we agreed there. Um, I'm going to avoid... I'm, I'm staying away from... It'd be easy to say Patrick Mahomes because he's the most expensive and Greg Williams and who knows what Cleveland will do in Cleveland, but I'm not going there. I'm staying away from Deshaun Watson going on the road to Denver, who happens to rank 26th in points allowed to quarterbacks, especially since Will Fuller's out. We don't know what's going to happen there, and it could really impact that offense. Lamar Miller's shown some life of late. I don't see why you need to pay up 63-7900 for Mr. Watson this week. I actually agree with that take. Uh, I went a, <clears throat> a little lower on DraftKings because the guy's price is too high on FanDuel this week, and that's Philip Rivers at Seattle. 8100 on FanDuel for Philip Rivers this week? Not good. <clears throat> Seattle has allowed seven passing touchdowns over their last six games. Only two of their opponents this year have thrown for more than 200 passing yards over that stretch. Not a great matchup for Rivers, uh, I think, particularly on the road in Seattle. 
Yeah, I don't even go that far down this list for a not pay up at quarterback. Again, I'm only going that way because his price on FanDuel yeah. is over eight grand, which is yeah. ridiculous when you can get Cam Newton for five hundred bucks more. Nope, you're absolutely right there. Um, okay, so who's your value play? I wonder. I, this is the one I thought we were going to agree on. Actually, we still might. I'm going to go with Joe Flacco versus Pittsburgh. Nope. Oh, we didn't match. Uh, Pittsburgh has allowed multiple passing touchdowns in five of seven games, including Week Four when Joe Flacco threw for 363 yards and two touchdowns against them. So I $5,000, $5,000, $7,500, $5,000 for Alex Smith playing at home against one of the worst pass defenses in the league and what should hopefully be a shootout because I don't think Atlanta's going to be able to run the ball. Um, they're going to have to throw it. So Alex Smith is who I have as a value play. I mean, Atlanta's number two in fantasy points allowed to, to quarterback position. So I think Alex is a very, very solid play to help get some higher-priced guys at other positions in your lineup. I really want to like Alex Smith, but can you name me who their number one and number two receivers are there? Adrian Peterson <laughs> and Chris Thompson. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and his legs. And his legs, yeah. So, I look, if you can get – you only need 15 points from him to go triple to yes, get three I times. I mean, how hard is that? He's got Jordan. That's one, jo- that's one touchdown pass to Chris Thompson and one to Jordan Reed, right? And one to Jordan Reed and one, and one to Vernon Davis. How's that? Is Vernon Davis still in the league? Yes. Okay. Okay. So we got one at quarterback. I might be in good shape with my three now. Um, you're, you're in good shape now. I, I thought that one might be a sneaky one. Um <clears throat> Run we're going to probably match on this one. I'm paying up for Christian McCaffrey versus Tampa Bay. Yep, we absolutely match. We do. Uh, uh, McCaffrey scored two touchdowns versus the really tough Ravens defense last week. This week's going to be like a walk in the park against a Tampa Bay defense that just has given up on trying to cover running backs. I mean, they're bad against the pass. They're bad against the run. They're bad against run uh, runners that catch the ball. This is just a huge game. We're, we're talking... 200 total yards, multiple touchdowns, possibilities for McCaffrey here. Yep, I don't disagree. This could be a 85 to 100 yard rushing day with 810 catches. I mean, it really could be. Um, so, yeah, I'm all over McCaffrey at that price, especially at 78 and 79. That, that to me is a no brainer for a pay up. Um, this pains me to say who I'm staying away from, <laughs> but I bet, we, I bet we agree now seeing your reaction. Yep. I'm staying away from Le'Veon. No, I'm kidding. I'm staying away from Todd Gurley. <laughs> the price finally got too high for Gurley this week. Uh, he, he's probably going to get double value, but he's not going to return triple value uh, at New Orleans. New Orleans is really, really tough against the yeah, run. 29th. No running back has topped 76 rushing yards against New Orleans. Four teams have finished with fewer than 50 rushing yards against New Orleans this year. And uh, yeah, T- Todd Gurley's still Todd Gurley. He's going to score you one or two touchdowns. But when you when you combine that with maybe like a total of ninety total yards, that's barely double his price. It's not going to re- anywhere reach triple the price this week. Here, here's the thing, I agree. Triple, I don't, if it happens, just be like, wow, okay, great. I think. Look, we got to remember these are guys. They're kids. They're they're young adults, right? They're coming off a really big win, comeback win that was probably mentally exhausting for them as a team. Mm-hmm. Going on the road to face a formidable competition in New Orleans, there could be a letdown. And that part of that letdown that I'm expecting is part of why I want to avoid Gurley also. 
And it could turn into a game two where it's a constant shootout where yeah. Gurley's only value comes in the passing game. That is true, too. Yep. Okay, so we agree on the first two running backs. We better not agree on anything else if I'm going to be right. Uh, my value play this week is Kenyon Drake versus the New York Jets. Okay. We didn't match, I'm guessing. No, not at all. That's too high for me for, for a value <coughs> play. I'm uh, going... New York's giving up 138 combo yards per game to opposing backs. Plus, over the last two weeks, they've given up four running back scores. So, do you know who has given up the second most points to running backs this year? Who is that? That would be your Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, totally. So that means I'm paying up. I mean, I'm sorry that my value play is Nick Chubb. No, Nick Chubb's too expensive to be a value play for me. Duke Johnson, let the train start this week. I, but, I, I wish I could show you my computer screen right now because he is painted green on my uh, ratings this week as a high-value return. His price is 3800 on DraftKings. That's absurd. That means yep. he needs to score 11 points yeah. to return to a ripple his value. That's that's three catches for 50 yards or uh, sorry, uh, four catches for 50 yards will give him that. So great, great value option here. Yeah. So I do. I think that, and I, I know that most people won't be on him. I don't think because of the dumpster fire that Cleveland seems like it is. So I think we'll have a low, low ownership percentage also. All right, let's toss it on over to wide receiver. I do not think we are going to agree here at all. Um, not even on the pay up. No, I don't think we're going to agree on the payout. Oh. That's the one I think we. Don't, that's the one I definitely don't think we're going to agree on. But we'll see. I think we might agree on our value play too. Actually, no, we won't because I, I didn't go with. I, I, I'll show you my paperwork. I crossed who you have out guaranteed. Okay, uh, I'm paying up for Julio Jones. Oh at well, Washington. hell, yes, we do agree. <laughs> now, here's the key thing: here, Washington has a very good defense, but. Every single number one wide receiver to face Washington this year has posted either 74 or more receiving yards and or they've scored against them. So as good as Washington's defense is, they still suck against opposing number ones. Okay. Jones is second in the league in receiving yardage right now. It's going to be a big game. He might even actually score here. He's not going to score a touchdown. He's going to score two touchdowns this weekend. Wow, there's the, there's the bold prediction of the week. <laughs> That's it. No, I did not think there was any way in hell that you were going to go Julio Jones. Um, remember, early in the season, he played better away from home on the road. This is on the road in Washington. The weather looks like it's going to be great here this weekend. Um, actually, I'm just going to double-check that because we're going to be in the 70s a little bit later. Um, I just think coming off of a bye, I think he's in line for a just – Huge day. Yeah, 61 degrees, no rain, very little wind, perfect day in D.C., even though it's not really D.C. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a great day for him to put up lots of fantasy points. Who are you oh. staying away from? Well, I had two guys, um, and both of them can, be go- can go by their initials, A.T. and A.B., right there at the top. I'm either, I, I had two of them, I went Adam Thielen and Antonio Brown. At the end of the day, the guy decided to not pay up for is Antonio Brown. Going to Baltimore, just, I don't like Thielen's matchup, but he's at home, and that's where I'm giving him the edge. You know, I, I don't like either of those two either. I did a little bit of research. I, I think that Brown will be an okay play, but I don't like him as price tag. Right. I went a little bit lower on the on the list, though, for my uh, pay away, uh, stay away from him. that's Keenan Allen 
at Seattle. I, I talked earlier about I, I think Seattle, their pass defense is yeah. good uh, considering all the places they've lost in the last few years. And they're at home where they always seem to play stronger on defense. Uh, Keenan Allen just hasn't been the same this year. And I think a lot of that is because of the fact that Mike Williams has started to develop, uh, along with Tyrell Williams being a much bigger factor this year. 7300 and 7400 it's not the right price for Keenan Allen. I can feel that. I wasn't in love with any of the top three guys, actually. I I don't even like Hopkins at 83, 8,600 going into Denver, honestly. Um, But, okay, so we didn't agree there. We did agree on Julio, so you're over my total of three, but we haven't hit your six yet. Who are you staying away from? Uh, uh, That was my stay away. I'm sorry, who's your value play? My play this week is DJ Moore versus Uh, Tampa, who we talked about earlier. Yes. Uh, Coming off a game where he got the most touches, snaps, and yards of his young career, he faces a Tampa Bay team that's allowed a league-high 13 wide receiver touchdowns. So here's why DJ Moore was my value play, and I crossed him out. Everybody, including DJ Moore's mother, is going to be playing DFS this weekend, <laughs> and he's going to be in their lineup. If he goes off, then that's good. Everybody's going to be even, net, net, no gain, right? But yes. because of that, I decided to go a little bit further down the list to a guy that's definitely not going to make many lineups because there's no way people are going to expect him to repeat his performance. But I like Devontae Parker. Yes. Although I think he's higher up the list, isn't he? Um, is he? He's 46.58. Yes, you're right. He is. He's 300 hours more and 500 hours more. I'm sorry. Wrong direction. <coughs> um, I'd love DJ Moore at that price, though. Um, but I just couldn't go with him as my value play because of that one reason. So I'm going to be a little contrarian. I do think that Devontae Parker is in line for another solid game playing at home. Um, that's if he makes it to play this week in Miami. I, I couldn't agree more. That's a, it's a great play uh, on Devontae Parker there. I like him a lot. A couple guys way down the list that you might want to look for too. Paul Richardson. Again, someone's going to have to score that touchdown in Washington against Atlanta. Yep. Uh, Adam Humphreys, who, is, who was the favorite of uh, Mr. As uh, I say, Jameis Winston. Now that he's out of there, I, I kind of bump him back down a little bit. And, and possibly, uh, again, I think the game's going to be high scoring between Carolina and Tampa Bay. How about giving a shot to Torrey Smith? Well, he, he did miss last week's game, though, um, right, due to injury. So that's kind of why I didn't want to look at him. But, yeah, no, if he's playing, there's easy a chance he catches two balls for 85 yards and a touchdown. Exactly. And these are deep dives, folks. Yes, very. Um as I like to call them, bargain basement blue light specials. So it's something you'd buy at Kmart, and Kmart's going out of business. So ready to move Sears. over. To, ready to move over Kmart. to tight end. Yes, we might get another match here. I think we're going to get at least one match here. You think? I bet you that we're not. I bet you that neither of us have Mr. Zuma in our lineup. <laughs> uh, he he uh, zoomed off to another place. He's no longer in my lap. That's yeah. for sure. All right, so who are you going to pay up for? Pay up for Greg Olson versus Tampa Bay. Yeah, that's Des- it. Despite them shutting down C.J. Uzoma last week, they've managed to allow tight end scores in each of their previous prior four games. So, you know what? Greg Olson scored last week. He's becoming a little more in the, involved in the offense. His foot's clearly feeling a little bit better each week. So give him another play this week. And he's always got red zone value, too, so. Yeah, that's, I mean, he's my play. That's looking at the prices and $4,700, not much to pay up. 6200 Fandle, okay, it's a little bit better. But, 
yeah, I think that he's just a much safer play than paying up for Kelsey or Reed, that's for sure. Well, that leads into the stay away. I'm staying away from Travis Kelsey at Cleveland. Okay. Cleveland has allowed only one tight end to score all year. That was Jared Cook, who scored twice against them. But only two teams have posted sizable yardage against them as well. So, yeah, Kelsey will probably catch five passes, 65, 70 yards, something like that. But you, you can't count on the touchdown here, I don't think. So that's not who, and it would be like me to avoid the top-priced guy normally, right? Mm-hmm. But no, I'm not. Um, guy I am avoiding is somebody that faces a team that's towards the bottom of the league and, and points allowed to tight ends, but I'm avoiding Trey Burton against the Buffalo I, Bills. Yes, good, good call there. I, I have him listed too. And we're seeing it tonight with Buffalo is actually doing a very good job of keeping a probably not 100% Rob Gronkowski in check, but uh, yep. Buffalo's been very good against tight ends this year in general, so it's not a bad thing to stay away from Trey Burton this coming week. And that has nothing to do with what Burton didn't do this weekend. It's just I don't like that matchup. Uh, but I'm with you on the avoidance of Kelsey, too, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, do either of us dare put Uzoma or David Nyoku in as a value player? <laughs> no, not putting Njoku as a value. He's the fourth-rated freaking tight end on the board price-wise. So my guy's deep. My guy is sub $3,000, I think, on FanDuel. Yes, he is. He's sub $3,000. So I'm kind of doing a stack with one of my value Quarterbacks, Alex Smith, and a value tight end, Vernon Davis. I can see that. Um, it's risky. I, don't, I, don't, it's, I don't think we see enough of Vernon Davis. <laughs> it's risky. It's risky. There's no doubt it's risky. But I think that, like you said, the, the receiving core there is banged up. Who's going to catch the ball? Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis this week. And Chris I kind of wanted to give a little love to Jordan Thomas after last week. But uh, yeah. I don't. I don't love the matchup there with Denver. Uh, same with Jeff Hyerman. I, I think that going the opposite direction in that game, Houston is mediocre against tight ends, but not that great uh, of a matchup. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who scored in three straight games, Chris Herndon of the New York Jets against Miami. I, I think that the matchup is just too sweet there. Yeah. Miami. We they, we talked about at the start of the year that their defense has improved tremendously against tight ends. And for the first few weeks, they actually were very good against opposing tight ends. However, over the last uh, their last three games, they've allowed five tight end scores. Yeah, and it's not like the Jets receiving court magically all healed overnight either. So, nope. All right, so five out of five out of those. So you're much closer at six than I was at three. So we both missed the mark, but um, some of them that were no brainers we matched on, and some that weren't, I was surprised about. So. I think all in all, we got some good information for people. Look, don't don't just go against what I said with DJ Moore. Feel free to play him. Great matchup. Um, Devontae Parker is definitely a more contrarian pick because I bet he's got less than 2% ownership probably this week. Yeah, and along with Devontae Parker, consider Dammy, Dammy, Danny Amendola too. Yeah, I mean, he's their backup quarterback basically, right? He might be the best quarterback on their roster that's healthy right now, including Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Speaking of possible best quarterbacks, did you see where Terrell Pryor is possibly going to get a deal in, in Buffalo? Oh, jeez. <laughs> As a receiver, but that would instantly make him their best quarterback also, probably. Well, I was going to say for tonight's game, we've already seen their best quarterback lineup, and that was LaShawn McCoy. <laughs> yeah. And McCoy's another one to keep an eye on who could wind up at another spot um, come Tuesday evening, I should say. 
All right. Well, that about does it for us this week, unless you've got any nice parting thoughts for our listeners. No, again, uh, clear your mind. Don't hold it against Zoma and Yoku. They'll both be fine. And Joku. Uh, I, I'm not going to kill myself over him. And Joku. I can't help myself. Um, Noku. Nyoku. Nyoku. No, it's, not, it's not gnocchi like, you know, like the Italian pasta. Oh, now you just got me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eat it with um, vodka sauce. How's that? Oh, you know what? I like the, I like the sweet potato gnocchi with uh, a little bit of like a brown sugar sage butter. Okay, that sounds good, too. You're making me hungry, too. Hey, here's a, a little bit of information for our, our listeners if they don't know this. Did you know that gnocchi is not a pasta? It's based out of potatoes. Yes, it's potato-based. Yes, absolutely, um, which is kind of interesting. Anyway, um, I'm Italian. I like it. My great aunt used to make those by hand, used to make tortellini by hand and all that kind of stuff. So I actually don't eat at Italian restaurants because no one ever measures up to what my family used to do. So, But any event, forget our um, cuisine recommendations and instead – for fantasy football following and information, follow Harley on Twitter at Nuclear Harley. Follow me at Steve Gallo NFL. Of course, if you are listening to us on iTunes, feel free to rate us and review us and all that good stuff. And until next week, get blitz responsibly. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs>